Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show live from the warehouse. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Come by and see us, 1825 South, 300 West, right here. Their brand new Salt Lake location. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Uh, let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Longtime NBA writer and reporter, of course, good friend of the big show, Keith Smith, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hey, Keith, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm going to ask this, and uh, Gordon and I talked about it. Sometimes you don't uh, you mean these questions, but I, I 100% mean this because you're down there in, or- in Orlando. How's your week been, Keith? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, bit busy, um, and, and unexpectedly so. I expected it to be busy covering games, and and it took a different direction. But I think it was a necessary direction, and I think uh, it's a direction that is hopefully going to result in some good positive change. Keith, what uh, what is uh, what is the vibe down there now as far as the players? Are they reorganized and ready to get right back at it after uh, weighing some some pretty hefty stuff? Yeah, I think so. Talking to different players over the last couple of days, everybody was in different states, and I think that was part of what the issue were was with should we play, shouldn't we play, was everybody was kind of all over the place, which is to be expected when you've got a group of roughly 200 or so people. But what has happened now, I think, between yesterday morning and into today is, is – they, they were able to have the conversations they needed to have. They were able to get some of the things that they really wanted as far as support and help. And then they were able to really take today as all teams return to practice to, for a lot of the guys, refocus and get their mind back on basketball. So I think everybody's ready to restart the games tomorrow. And that seems to be, you know, everybody's now committed and ready to go through the end of the regular season. Did you guys see? Rather, sorry. Yeah, all right. Did you guys see what Doc Rivers said about the meeting? He said it was it was terrific. Yeah, I've I've heard it. This you know described a lot of different ways. Emotional is the most uh, common thing that I heard. But so so far, most people said even the heated parts were necessary. And sometimes you know I think we've all been in those meetings where sometimes getting heated is not the worst thing in the world. It shows passion. It shows care. Um, There were some parts that I think were maybe uh, some guys didn't handle the way they wanted to, wish they had. And I think some of those. Those players have already expressed some regret on those things. But I think, you know, ultimately in the end, it was productive, and that's what is the most important part. Keith Smith with us here on 97.5 and uh, and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Keith, what are your thoughts on the leadership throughout all of this? Uh, You know, you hear stories about people, Gordon mentioned Doc Rivers, of course, but, you know, Chris Paul, Michelle Roberts, Adam Silver, what do you think about the way that they've, you know, uh, handled not only this particular situation this week, but really this whole pandemic, it seems like they've been in lockstep. Yeah, I, I think for the most part they have. I think we had a little bit of, you know, out of whack over the last couple of days, but I think they rallied fairly quickly and, and it handled some adverse situations. But really from the beginning, they, they have been working together. And that, I think, goes a lot of that credit goes to Michelle Roberts and Adam Silver. If you think all the way back to the first time they sat down and negotiate a new CBA, 
we didn't have any kind of stoppage. And it was almost like, all right, here's what we want. Here's what we want. All right, let's meet in the middle and off we go. And, and it was done like that. And there was, it was barely even a newsworthy event. And that is, you know, really carried over all the way through to the restart and all the planning that went into it. And now, you know, unfortunately what continues to happen in the country, the players have a vested interest in trying to change that. And I think they really did a pretty good job coming together to try to make things happen in the best way they can under the current circumstances. Keith, obviously the players are trying to draw attention to an important uh, situation in our country. Do you think that their strong actions will have consequences as far as the popularity of the league as a whole, fans in general? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, In general, and maybe I'm being optimistic here, but I don't think it will. I think those who scream the loudest that they'll never watch again – probably weren't watching anyway i I think there's a lot of that going on there i I do you know think that there are some people who are they're they're trying to make stories out of ratings falling and those kind of things and i had a contact within the nba league office say well when you put games on at a tuesday afternoon at one o'clock it's hard for a lot of people to see them and you know and that they felt it wasn't there wasn't anything near an apples to apples comparison they were going back you know six to eight years and in drop off and one of the things they explained is how popular streaming is for the nba specifically uh, because they they track to a much younger audience than some of the other sports so i don't know that what is happening now is going to have a real tangible effect because i think either those folks weren't watching anyway or they're still going to watch they're just going to be awful quiet about it Keith Smith is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, talking a little bit about on-the-court basketball here for a moment. Keith, what do you think about the way the Jazz have played in this series with the Nuggets uh, thus far and your your takeaways from really the performances uh, of Donovan Mitchell? And, uh, yeah, I'll answer the first part, uh, or the second part first, is Donovan Mitchell just absolutely incredible. It's I. I, you know, we all knew Donovan Mitchell was very, very good. I don't know that we knew that he quite had this in him. And th- this is great to see. I think, you know, Utah is that they've got a superstar to build around. He, he's no longer a up and coming star or anything like that. He is a true, absolute superstar. And, you know, and they, they're going to have him, you know, hopefully for a very long time and, and be able to really, you know, that's their franchise guy moving forward. The team as a whole, I, I'm, I'm very, very impressed. I think they hit the playoffs and started running. That, that offense just is – there's nothing overly complex about it, but it's executed at such a high level that I think it, it can be really hard to stop. And you're seeing them really take advantage of some of the things that the Nuggets do. I think Quinn Snyder's ability to game plan for an opponent four to seven times in a series is huge because that's when he can really pick you apart. He's going to find those holes and he's going to go at them on that end. And then Utah's brought it just defensively enough compared to Denver, and that's why they're leading the series. So, Keith, I'm anointing you uh, emperor of uh, an NBA franchise, and you can pick one of two players, Donovan Mitchell or Jamal Murray. Which way do you go? I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell, and the reason why is I think he can – uh, do things on both ends of the floor just a little bit better than Murray. I think he's a better ball handler. I think he's a better playmaker. 
for others. I've been impressed with how far his passing has come over the last couple of years. And I think he's just a more competitive and willing defender than, than Murray is. Murray is a fantastic offensive player, but he's really a guy who looks for his shot. Um, and they play different roles in their offenses, so I get that. But he is also not as good at getting to the basket and getting downhill as Mitchell is. So I would take Mitchell. It's close, but, but I would take Mitchell without hesitation. What have you thought about the marquee matchup, Rudy versus the Joker? Yeah, I, I thought Rudy Gobert, especially early in the series, had had Jokic kind of off balance. I think, you know, he, he was able to contest. I think some of those fallaways and those flip shots and those little floaters that Jokic loved, those those aren't shots you can get over Gobert like you can over a lot of other guys. And I think that kind of had him off balance. I think Jokic has gone to some different stuff. I think Mike Malone has also played him a little bit differently over the last couple games where he's really put him out on the, the top of the key a lot and is running the offense through him more than he had been earlier in the series. I think they needed him to be more of a scorer until uh, Murray started going absolutely crazy. So I think it started to come back more towards even, but but I really, you know, Gobert had the upper hand in the challenge on the other end of the floor is Jokic isn't providing a whole lot of resistance. He generally has been better defender than I think a lot of people realize, but he's really struggling. The Jazz are repeatedly putting him in actions where he's having to defend on the move or he's having to come up and defend a ball handler, which is allowing Gobert to kind of hang out behind him and get played. So it's been you know kind of impressive to see this from Rudy Gobert to really, in a lot of ways, just outplay Jokic so far. Keith, uh, in that closeout game, the Jazz wanted to jump all over the Nuggets and get them down. They eventually got that lead up to 15 in the second half. But early in that game, they were, they were you know, moving ahead. And Jokic, just, he hit those 8 of 8, uh, those shots, and 5 of 5 from 3. Boy, without him, I think they might have been buried. And so I guess my question to you is, what do you do about that? Would you, would you advise Gobert to concentrate more on Jokic or to do what he does where he has to defend the entire offense if opponent? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you probably start out doing your normal thing. But if Jokic starts to – I'm not certainly going to let him get to 8 of 8 and 5 of 5. If he starts out two for two or three for three, I'm probably going to you know, kind of come out of what I want to do and get Rudy Gobert a little higher on him. Maybe you start to do something a little bit different. If Paul Millsap is going to really be a guy who becomes a screener and he you know, kind of more has to work in and around the paint now, maybe you switch your coverages there and just live with Jokic with, with a smaller defender and you know, kind of say, hey, we, we feel good putting Royce O'Neal or Joe Ingles on him and, and we'll, we'll, we'll live with that and figure it out. And then you let Gobert kind of lives closer to the basket area with a guy like Millsap because that's kind of what Millsap has become. So I'm, I'm curious to see. One of, one of the things I always trust in Quinn Snyder is he's now seen Denver's adjustment. Now I think he'll make a good quality adjustment to that. Looking around the rest of the playoffs, Keith, do you think the Lakers' inability to, to shoot the long ball uh, is going to catch up with them? It might, especially if they end up getting the Houston Rockets in the next series. I think they, they've the, the Trailblazers exposed some defensive problems for the Lakers with guards who are going to have the ball a lot. They can clearly be broken down off the dribble, and that causes some trouble. And there's nobody better in the game than breaking you down off the dribble and getting himself either layups or to the free throw line than James Harden. So that's going to be a problem. And then you know the Rockets, they're going to turn it into a three-point shooting contest with the way they defend. And, and where they've 
gone small. They're not going to worry. I mean, they don't worry about being small against anybody, but they're really not going to worry about being small against the Lakers because that actually gives them the best chance to rotate a whole bunch of differently, uh, different players, but similarly sized guys and similarly quick players against LeBron James. And they're not going to worry about JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. If they lose because those two combined for 50 points, they, they lose and so be it. But they're, they're really going to make the Lakers work. So I, I'm curious. And, and I don't want to write off Oklahoma City either because I think with their kind of three-guard uh, lineups that they go to and Danilo Gallinari, they, they're also going to give the Lakers some challenges. So it, it's not going to be an easy road for the Lakers to get to, even as far as the Western Conference Finals. Keith, have your observations in the playoff bubble changed your mind about who you think is best suited to win it? It has a little bit, and, and I was trying not to overreact to anything that happened in the seeding game, but once we got into the playoffs and seeing the Orlando Magic really kind of expose some of the flaws in the Milwaukee Bucks defense, it, it's worried me. I picked the Bucks to win the championship, and in the seeding games, they had nothing to play for, so I wasn't really concerned about much much of what they did at all. But what I was worried about was that the, the Bucks defense just didn't look good and it hasn't looked good in the playoffs they're they're beating orlando because the talent gap is so massive but what you worry about with the bucks is they're they're their plan is we want you to take a whole bunch of three-pointers we want you to take a bunch of long uh two-pointers and mid-range jump shots well the teams they're going to play either boston or toronto in the eastern conference finals that's if they get past miami those teams are all happy to take a lot of shots like that they're, they'll do that and what the bucks count on is You'll go through cold stretches where you might miss, you know, two. You, you might miss eight out of ten uh, jump shots or something like that, and then you'll start trying to force it inside against the trees, and and then you're in all sorts of trouble. But the magic, what they've done, because they really have no other choices, they've stuck with it, and they just kept taking those shots, and that's how they've been able to make this series competitive, even though they're severely outmanned. And now you're going to go up against better teams in Miami first, and then either Toronto or Boston if they advance. They might be in a little, not a little bit, but a lot more trouble than I think we think they are. Keith, you are the best. Thank you, as always, for jumping on with us, my man. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'll stay safe, you and yours. Back at you, Keith. Our friend Keith Smith, uh, your NBA Daily Assist, brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, Lee's Heat AC. Dot com uh, and uh, by the way Keith uh, Keith Smith NBA is his Twitter handle he's broken a bunch of news over the past week he's really dialed in well he uh, he sounded pretty impressed with the jazz and uh, called Donovan Mitchell a superstar and if you're a superstar in the NBA you might be capable of leading your team to a title and I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know if or when that will happen or whether the jazz can close out on the Nuggets in the first round. But I'll tell you, that's a fairly uh, significant development in this bubble. Well, Keith said that he, he liked Donovan better than Jamal Murray because of Donovan's defensive at least capability. I'd like to see a little bit of that in uh, in game number six or these closeout games with the Utah Jazz because they've – they, I think they need a little more defensive bite to put Denver yeah. away. Yeah, I agree so with you. And I, he tried. I, you know, they put him on Jamal Murray for a little while there in the second half. Uh, everybody was struggling to slow that guy down, but he was at least – I saw some defensive effort out of Donovan over that stretch that looked a little more enthusiastic. And it's not – 
to your point, Gordon, it's, it's not just Donovan either. I mean, they need more yeah. of a defensive bite out of a bunch of people. I mean, Royce O'Neal is going to guard Jamal Murray for part of the game, but it's not going to be all of the game, and you have to find somebody else who can be effective on him and find somebody else who will keep uh, other guys out of the lane and stay with shooters. And I mean, they just need a little more. Uh, you know, I'm sure we could uh, get Coach Chiesa or somebody uh, you know like that on to, to get into the specifics, but the way I would put it is you just need a little more bite. Need a little more bite to finish off the Nuggets, I think. Did, did Derek Favors and uh, Jay Crowder and uh, Ricky Rubio make that much difference on defense? Because there were stretches when those guys were on the Jazz where this team was the best defense in the league. I would say Favors and Rubio more so than Crowder, but yeah, I think they were defensive. They were bigger, and they were more physical players than the Jazz have right now, which matters on defense. I don't know if it really does against the two guys that are hurting the Jazz. Oh, I, I the Jamal Jazz, Murray, I think. They, they need someone who can stay in front of him. Yeah, Ricky Rubio would be better at that than players they have trying now. Yeah, but I'm not sure he'd be very effective based off the way Jamal Murray's playing. But, they, I mean, they don't need to shut down Jamal Murray. They just need him to go for 30 instead of 50. <laughs> Actually, you know, I take it back and go for 30, no, go for 42 instead of 50. <laughs> well, that's what he did in the last game when they won. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, they just, I, I think they just need a little more bite. All right, we are live at the warehouse here in Salt Lake, uh, the brand new Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Of course, our friend Tom joins us once again. And, uh, Tom, the, the deal you're doing on adjustables, uh, the deals, I shouldn't say deal, not singular, the deals, deals are, are amazing. In fact, I think you've even caught Gordon's ear. Listen, I have 16 adjustable beds on the floor here. And, Gordon, I just got to tell you something. I know how the Jazz can win. I know the how they can close it out. And I just heard Sunday at 630, Jake, you fulfilled your promise. Yeah, I told you it was going to be Sunday night. You are. You always take care of me. Gordon, if the Jazz what? score more uh, points than Denver, they're going to win. Oh, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. That was profound, I know. It was that. very profound. <laughs> the uh, statement that I'm going to make next is going to blow your mind. It's a boom statement. All right. I just had a couple come in. I just spent, what, half hour? Yeah. 40 mm-hmm. minutes with them. She's had a couple of back surgeries, a couple of neck surgeries. She can't find any comfort. We just got her into um, a mattress, and this is a 15-inch special mattress this is the mattress that the boys who are big nationwide you know who i'm talking about they have multiple multiple stores in utah uh they sell this mattress for eighty four hundred dollars for a split king set the adjustable bed is on top of that i just made them a deal that i'm gonna i'm gonna offer this to anybody who walks through the door today or tomorrow okay i can't do it every day Today or tomorrow, if you have some issues and you need special comfort and you want to take away a lot of the pain so you can sleep, become productive, I just sold it to him for $27.99. Wow. For like a $10,000 setup. That's amazing. Now, we talked quickly last time about this. uh, It's almost a $12,000 deal if you look it up on the Internet. Same mattress, different base. Okay. This base is insane. $39.99. Wow. If you're looking for the absolute very best where you can talk to your phone and it adjusts your bed, 
That's incredible. I don't know if it works, but you might try. Siri, could you help me sleep better tonight and see where it takes Where it goes. <laughs> you trust Siri's judgment? That was hey, for Tom, you, Gordon. Tom, yes. I, want, I want one of those, man. That's the one I, you want. Let, we need to. Is that the one you recommend? Because that sounds spectacular. This is the new one. And I'll even do a special price on, we're going to call it, the Gordon bed from now on. All right. I love it. Call me Gordon when you were not on the radio. All right. right. And, uh, hey, you can get the same deal Gordon would get because here at the warehouse you take care of people. That's what you do. That is a triple boom. Yep. All right, 18. Tom, Tom, one other thing. Tom, you're the hardest working man in the business. You 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 know, because of this virus, I have not taken a day off since January. Wow. Except Sunday. So Uh, six days a week. Hey, and Gordon, I got a new little baby. My daughter had a baby girl. Oh. And she is beyond beautiful. Grandpa's dark curly hair, so obviously she's going to get new dresses from me. <laughs> you bet. Congratulations. Congrats. Yeah, that's great. That's terrific. All right. Take advantage of Tom's good mood. 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Don't forget about their location. Uh, 86 East University Parkway down there in Orem. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.